0: Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson minisode. This is minisode number 67. And uh, I'm sure it's, this is a little confusing to people because uh, the last sode was in fact yesterday in which I talked about my various theories about uh, Colin Trevorrow's Jurassic World. And so uh, I basically did that because I had to get those thoughts out and to put out a call for uh, questions for this sode. And so I will give a little bit of explanation as to what this is. So uh, a few years ago, uh, 2012, um, I did an episode about my dad, and I did that because it was the 10-year anniversary of his death. And I remember resolving shortly after that to to do an episode about my marriage and marriage in general when we hit the 10-year mark of that, because... You know, I, I I recognize I can be very fairly negative on the show and I wanted to focus on something positive. Um I talk a lot about my dad, I don't talk that much about uh my marriage, and so uh I decided I would do that. Um and that's what this is. But And for a long time, I was planning on doing it uh, by myself, but it seemed somehow wrong because marriage is about two people. It's about a relationship. And so a few days ago, I had (laughs) something of a brainstorm and it seemed appropriate after all these years. Uh, We do have a guest um, and she is my wife of now 10 years, Jenny Smith. Jen, how's it going? Hi. (laughs) Hi. This is very strange. It's weird to be talking to you in my podcast cadence.
1: Absolutely. With a microphone in front of you.
0: Yeah. Is it strange to to hear? Or I guess you hear next next door. Well, cause... I listen
1: to your shows all the time. So oh, it's perfectly normal for
0: me. What a nice supportive wife. So um, it's weird because I want to say like, so tell us about yourself, you know, but I uh, but I'm not sure uh where we would go with that. Um and we actually do have a lot of questions to get to, so I feel like we can probably just jump right into it if that's okay. Absolutely. All right. And listeners, you may notice like a weird hitch in my voice as well because this is new to me. Uh, I I don't know how much to be in in podcast mode and uh not husband mode. The two pretty much never interact. So, um Are you two different people? Yeah, kind of. I don't think so. I bring a lot of me to podcast, Tyler, but just the way that I talk, the way that I present myself is a little bit different than how you and I talk when we're watching Survivor.
1: True, but you have the same opinions, the same care for other people. No?
0: On Battleship Pretension, I might heighten things a little bit. That's very In fact, I know that I do.
1: This is not BP. That's true. I'm not sure that I will ever get to be on that show however
0: that's right yes this is uh that's something that's worth addressing it was talked about for i don't even remember what episode it was but it was like a pivotal episode for battleship pretension might have been episode like 200 or 250 or something like that maybe even 100 i don't remember but um not that early yeah i don't think so there was talk of david and i having jen and then his girlfriend now wife natalie on the show with us and we really liked the idea of it. And then I got cold feet because the Internet can be horrible. And I can barely tolerate being horrible to me. Uh, if Jen said something that the listeners didn't like, I would I would uh, com- and they complained about it and made judgments about her. Uh, David said that this was very. Um, oh, shoot. What's the word? chivalrous no, quite the opposite. Oh. Uh, not pa- not pater- not paternalistic, but like patriarchal. That oh. it's just this. Yeah, he viewed it as a negative thing that I wanted to protect my wife from the abuse and of I see the it internet. As chivalrous. And you see it as chivalrous. So that's how I, I wanted to, to do at.
1: it, but after they got married, so that Natalie and I could do the introduction.
0: Oh, that's right. yes. but
1: then but- she didn't even take his last name, so it's all useless anyway. Yeah.
0: Hey, Los Angeles, you know? Exactly. So. Uh, so yeah, we do, but that's the thing. So in this context with the more than one lesson audience and given the nature of today's mini-sode, um, I figured now would be a, an interesting time to have you on the show. So, Absolutely.
1: A time capsule. Exactly. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> you said, well, you're also a little bit nervous. A little bit. Okay. I
1: mean, I'm no Nicole Sesternino, so we will see oh, how
0: this goes. Dropping names. Um, I mean, I don't mean to, Audience,
1: please bear with me.
0: I don't mean to you know uh, act really important, but I know Rob sister, you know anyway um, <laughs> all right, so we have a few uh, basic questions to get uh, so that you guys can kind of get to know us by the way, this episode's super self indulgent so feel free to not listen if you don't want to, but there are people who find this kind of thing interesting, they like to hear backstory and
1: Well, I think after a brief introduction and a little bit about us, it's going to serve to show a peek into what 10 years of marriage looks like. And I think very few people do that publicly, certainly not. Yeah. Um, and hopefully people can learn a little something. And I think all of what we're going to say applies to any relationship as well, not was, romantic or otherwise. I was
0: going to ask, actually, if you think that our 10 years of marriage looks like most people's 10 years of marriage.
1: What it's hard are, to say. What are most people? Who is that?
0: People have nine to five jobs, for example, people who probably after 10 years have kids. I feel like ours is a little bit different than most, yeah. especially in the Christian community. Almost every Christian I know who's been married 10 years has at least one kid. That's true. And then, yeah, and both Jen and I work from home. And so we basically set our own schedules. Um, Today, because it's our anniversary, like I'm not doing any work. Jen did a little bit of work. And then we went, we just got back from seeing Inside Out. Um and then I should say real quick because he's distracting me right now, uh our cat Charlie is here with us. This was this has never been an issue where Charlie so badly wants to come into the room while I'm podcasting, and the reason is because Jen is here too. If ever Jen and I are in the same room, Charlie needs to be there. Uh which I'm sure some of you can imagine can be problematic at times. So um
1: Don't misunderstand, it's not because he loves me.
0: It's no, just, he, he
1: needs to be around one of us or the other.
0: Yes. Yes. And if neither of us are available, he gets, he gets jumpy. Yes. Uh, Charlie does not like women. Um, that is actually, uh, what our vet said, right? hmm. That, uh, when we got we him, we didn't make this up. Yeah. Uh, when we got him, we got him from, uh, a, a fairly abusive neighbor in Chicago. And, uh, it was assumed by our vet that, uh, based on Charlie's behavior towards Jen and other women that, uh, that that the people who had him before us, uh, were probably abusive and it was specifically probably a woman that was. And so he, uh, I'll say that Charlie loves me. He's a big fan of me. Good for you. It is good for me. I agree. So this is my first real pet. I want him to be nice it's to true. me. That is a blessing. So, okay. So we're going to, I put together a, a list of, of questions and things to talk about. um, going all the way back to like when we first met and all that, but we, we decided for time purposes, cause we're already eight, eight minutes, um, for time purposes to cut that down a little bit and only talk about from our wedding day on. So no proposal story, even though it's a good one, uh, no first date or anything like that. Um, so just wedding day until now, which that's 10 years worth of material. So we are going to try and hurry it up pretty quick because we also do have some listener questions to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so first thing, uh, the wedding day, what do we remember? Now, we have very disparate uh, memories of the wedding day. I remember it in, a, in the way that one remembers, and this sounds negative, uh, one remembers a car accident. I remember years ago, my brother and I were in a car accident in which the car flipped, and I remember flashes of it. I certainly don't remember it being a fluid, streamlined story uh, and that's how I, that's how I think of our wedding. I remember flashes of things. I remember just little, just tiny details. Um, the, th- the probably the clearest memory is actually before the wedding started, which was as I think I've said on here before. Um, the a- at the hotel before any of the festivities started, I was sitting in the. I was sitting in having the continental breakfast and I was sitting at a table with four people, sorry, a table with four chairs. And so it was me, my brother, friend of the show, Jason Eakin. And that was it. And it was very, it was a very bittersweet thing to bring things back to my dad because it was like it, it couldn't have been a better visual representation of the fact that someone was missing from that. And uh, that really bummed me out. But uh, I didn't feel a whole lot of that, As the day went on, like that was the sad moment. And then from then on, things were, were pretty happy for me. And then I also have a very, uh, very distinct memory of forgetting to print out my vows. And so asking the, uh, the hotel staff, if I could use their office and print out my vows and they acted like I had, uh, like a heart in a freezer. And it's like, Oh, absolutely. come on back here. Like it was very, very dire. So Aside from that, and a couple of things, you and I on a trolley during the photos, and uh, you handing me a little sprite, which I immediately spilled on myself I and don't I remember got really, that at all. Oh yeah. Well, I remember me spilling on myself and getting angry with myself. So and, I, and of course I remember the basic uh, I remember flashes of the basic stuff, vows and first dance and that sort of thing. but it's all kind of a blur to me at that point.
1: So, why don't the photos and video... We had both photography and videography. Neither one of those help you remember it?
0: Well, they help me remember it, and but I'm I'm now... In looking at them, I'm looking at myself as though I were a character in a movie. Whereas, when I am myself, and I'm looking at everybody else, you know, I, I feel like... It's like, oh, yes, I remember that, but that's not my memory.
1: It doesn't jog you to think of it through your eyes, through your perspective? No, not really. Hm. Fascinating. I remember almost all of the day and that way. And, um, it might have something to do with the fact that I'm a wedding photographer. So I think I prepared myself to try and remember the day. Cause I watched bride after bride have the day go by in a flash and not. Yeah. We might, in.
0: might as well get this out of the way early. So what's your website?
1: <laughs> I am not on here to plug myself.
0: Um, I'll do it. Okay. It's Jenny Smith and co. Dot com. correct. All right. So for all your wedding photography needs, uh, and she's she's perfectly willing to travel. We've been to New Zealand, we've been to Switzerland. You just got back from Costa Rica. So, listeners, if you're looking to get married, I
1: mean, why stop there? Colombia.
0: We went Dominican to Columbia, Republic? Dominican Republic. Yeah, uh, Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah, Jen will go anywhere if the price is right. <laughs> so, and even then, she'll probably give you a deal. So, um, so
1: at that point, our wedding was closely tied with my profession. So mm-hmm. I forced myself to try and remember a lot of it and yeah. i think the photos and videos do help me in a way that's different probably from most people because it's so closely related to what i do
0: and you know for me i think um i don't remember much of that week and i think honestly that is something of a coping mechanism because that was a very very stressful week wish
1: i could eternal sunshine that week that yeah was a dreadful week it was which is probably rough. why the wedding day was so amazing Um, because the week was rough leading up to it. Get a planner. That's all we have to
0: say. Yeah, that's true. Uh, get a planner, even if it's just a day of planner, like it helps everything to go much more smoothly. Cause they're really
1: a month of planner. So they'll help you with that whole week. I have vivid memories. One in particular. What's your favorite? Favorite. Yeah. Cab ride from the hotel where everyone else was staying at the end of the night Mm -hmm. to where, to the Drake, where we were staying. We got married in Chicago. That's right. Um, And I just remember debriefing with you and thinking, this cab driver must hear the strangest stuff. Like, kind of like Collateral, it'd be cool to do a movie about just being a cab driver and all the weird stuff you hear or experience.
0: At any rate. There's an interesting movie that we own, by the way, called Night on Earth, and it's yeah. about five different cab rides around the world. Oh my gosh, that'd be cool. It's really good. It's Jim Jarmusch, though. I know you're not Oof. a big fan of his. Um, I can
1: handle him sometimes. Okay. I'd just be in the right mood.
0: Yes, you would need to be in the right mood right. for this one. Um, so, so debrief- debriefing with you in the cab. I, I have no memory of that. Ugh. at all. Um, I mean, I certainly do not for not, not for like the obvious reasons. I have a lot of I have much stronger memories of like after the wedding was over, and just feeling like I could finally breathe again. You know, which part in, at the? Just like once we got to the Drake and like we got room service and we had just like the wedding was over there's yeah. no more wedding to plan there's no more wedding to experience like that's and think, done and now it's time to move on yeah we were forced to
1: decompress as well because yeah, we lost our luggage for an hour
0: yes which was uh, off-putting um,
1: and also look, that's, what that's what I'm saying though busting too because you can just there was nothing we could do and right. needed my stuff
0: yeah and just, yeah, it sort of forced us to take a break and then order that room service. Yeah, and, I really hadn't eaten. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, you're probably not going to eat much. Uh, if anybody asking for uh, advice or predictions regarding their own wedding, you're probably not going to eat much that day.
1: I had a banana and a travel size Imodium liquid. That's all I could get down. It was oh rough. Oh, you oh had boy. breakfast at least.
0: Yeah, but it was like a bowl of cereal. Um, I was so nervous about like having like stomach issues that day. Right. That I was like, I'm not going to worry about any of this. And right. then I think I had one bite of our cake. And it was really good. I wish I'd oh, had more. so good. Um, okay, so moving was on. was wedding day? So our first year of marriage. Now, a lot of people will say, although I don't think people say it so casually anymore. A lot of people say, oh, that first year of marriage, oh, it's just a it still has that sheen on it. Everything is really wonderful and all that. And then really? after that. Yeah, I've heard I people say like that people a lot. I say,
1: that's going to be the hardest part. And that's what I hear the most.
0: I feel like it's what I hear now. Mm. But years ago, and maybe I hear it now because I know so many people that are married, and a number of them, including us, had a tough first year. But I feel like when we got married, I didn't know that many married people, and maybe maybe the only people I knew were of a slightly different generation, and maybe there was a different expectation for the first year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for us, yes, it was very, very difficult for a number of reasons
1: maybe i remember it through rose-colored glasses. you remember the
0: first year being good
1: i think it was difficult in ways that i didn't expect but i think it was a lot better in ways that i didn't expect as well
0: hmm. in what sense
1: i mean just to clarify we did not live together before we got married that's true so we moved in after our honeymoon um so setting up house and decorating together went extremely well we had never purchased things together our sensibilities are very similar um i know couples whose taste are the opposite and that would be really rough i would hate to live in a house that didn't look the way i enjoyed it to look
0: yeah and i will say this that it's such a standard cliche that like, Oh, the woman decorates the house and the man just doesn't care. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things I don't care about when it comes to decoration, but I was not. And maybe it made things, maybe it made things harder for you that I was like, eh, that's not really working for me or whatever. Um, but thankfully I think we also have similar taste.
1: Right, Like exactly. It's not like you're
0: just decking everything out in floral patterns. Or no,
1: anything. no florals. Absolutely not. It also goes down to more than just what things look like. It's where do you put the plates in the kitchen? Where does yeah. that make sense? Where does the silverware drawer make sense to, you know, things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think of that first year because I went in with so many expectations in regards to how often you argue, mm. how bad the arguments will get. Um, I
1: think it's safe to say you didn't understand what an argument was versus a tiff or
0: right. a I, stern
1: word. You thought they all were the same.
0: Between that and my own general insecurity, and also, I should say, I don't know if I've ever said it on the show before, but I think I've said it to you, that um, growing up and... uh in high school, I just assumed I was going to be divorced. Like, I just assumed that I was going to be in a marriage that just would last maybe a few years, end rather bitterly, and then I would be alone for a while and then maybe find someone else. That was what I assumed was my fate. And so, But
1: you still wanted to get married?
0: Yeah, you know, hope springs eternal. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't fulfill that. I can't get divorced if I don't get married, right? It's not that I wanted it to happen. I just somehow assumed that it would happen. And by the way, it could still happen. So, Never. I could, you know, really ruin this whole thing. Not likely. Not likely. Although, I am still fascinated. I said this on BP recently. I'm still fascinated that, like, you know, we had an argument yesterday. Mm-hmm. am I'm, st- I'm, f- I'm just thinking, like, what are we arguing about? You know, we've been married 10 years. How are we still finding new things to argue about?
1: There aren't new things.
0: Yeah, but why... Then, and if that's the case, why are why have we not made peace with the old things? And I guess because the old things are... Are deep.
1: I think it's because people get tired over and over again for ten years. Yeah. And people have to eat over and over again for ten years. If those true. those two things are huge factors in us, and I know a lot of other couples as well. If someone is hungry, they're, you know, hangry didn't come from nowhere. If people are tired, they can't. You look confused. I don't know if I've angry. ever. Uh, you're I hungry, assume you're hungry.
0: Angry because you're hungry. Yes. Okay, that is absolutely true. If I'm, I, I don't take great care of myself when it comes to eating. It's such a pain. It is. It really is. It's like I don't want to make anything and I don't want to spend anything. So you know what? I'm just gonna have this Atkins bar and a Propel Zero grape and I'm good for the day. Uh, then it turns out, oh no, my body actually needs more, and now I am angry.
1: So I think those two things are more contributing factors than what we're actually fighting about.
0: I suppose, but I mean, I, I do think that if you find yourself coming back to a deep uh, coming back to an argument over and over again, chances are it touches on some deeper stuff that is not going to be resolved easily, even over ten years, maybe not even your entire life. Right. So, uh, so yeah, for me, I feel like the first year, the first year objectively might have been actually fine, but for me, it felt like. It was just, it flew such in the face of my expectations. Um, so to move on, uh, moving on, what do you think is the was the best time in our marriage and why?
1: Uh, this is a tough one. This I have a, on not, I didn't think about ahead of time.
0: I can talk, and you can. Yeah, you answer okay. first, uh, and then I'll just agree with you. It's a hard question to answer. I could like if you ask me. When's the worst time in our marriage? Well, that's the next question. I have an answer for it. But this one is tough. I would say uh, the last two years have been pretty good. Hmm. Not great. We have our issues. There's still things to to work through. But I think, and uh, frankly, a lot of it might have to do with just success in other areas. Jen's business is going well. We got a house. And I I have my office. Jen has hers. So we're separate a little bit. You know, again, our marriage is weird because we... It's way better because we're
1: separated now.
0: We lived in a one-bedroom apartment and we worked three feet from each other every day. That can put a strain on a marriage. I know, I I remember you don't necessarily like when I put it that way, but like anyone would say that that will put strain on a marriage. Absolutely. Especially because...
1: I also had an assistant.
0: Yeah, so there are three people crammed in there. Oh my gosh, I'm getting claustrophobic just thinking about it. Um, But yeah, and so, you know, I, I genuinely think that People develop affection for each other if they're separated eight or nine hours a day, and we weren't. But by having our own offices, it kind of recreates that a little bit. If I ever worked for nine hours straight, which I never do, I always spread it out over the day, which is probably not a great business model. But, um, but yeah. So, but I think I think the last couple years. But also, I. I I feel like, yes, we've had some rough arguments, but also I feel like a lot of our arguments have, quicker than in the past, turned into discussions in which we're talking about, like, okay, I see where the other person is coming from, and I can definitely see the role that I played in making things worse, so now now let's actually work towards a resolution. I feel like in the last two years, we've really gotten better at that. You know, for example, like last night, I won't go into detail, but like the argument we had was pretty rough, and but we were still able to work through it and have a pretty good night. I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we went and saw Ed Sheeran at the Hollywood Bowl. Whoop! Yeah, which was fun.
1: Second time for me.
0: First time for me because I'm not necessarily a fan. I don't dislike his music. I'm just not familiar. You with
1: need it. to get on board, sir.
0: Except that icy that icy fire song. It's tough because you want to say that icy fire.
1: Icy fire. Yeah,
0: like cold fire. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, yeah, yeah. it's very icy.
1: I just don't think that's, you can, that's not allowed. You can't have that be your favorite song because.
0: I didn't say my favorite song. Okay. I said it's the only one I'm familiar with.
1: Of course. Because it's the only one in a movie.
0: Yeah. That's how it works.
1: Right. Not an editor, That song is fan. the best part of that that's Hobbit something. trilogy, by
0: the way. Um,
1: I don't doubt that.
0: So, best time best in our marriage. Time. Do you know?
1: Uh, I feel like anytime we're on a trip, that's wonderful. Um, so,
0: I, Switzerland was kind of rough.
1: There was only one rough day.
0: Yeah, but it was rough. Ugh,
1: okay. New Zealand was great. Yeah. That was 2012. But I feel like 2012 plays into the worst time as well. So I, I feel like you can't even sum up a whole year. But I agree with you. I think despite our arguments, our arguments seem different in the last two years. We're on the same page as far as communication. It could have to do with career and that stuff going well. But 2014 was really rough for me as well. So I think year like two was really good Hmm. before we moved. We just settled in Chicago. We had a solid group of friends. Yeah. Um, So kind of near the beginning and kind of near the end. The Hmm. middle is
0: fuzzy. I mean my vote for the worst time is, is basically five years in. Right. Um, for a lot of... ex You know, I mean, I, I'm quick to say best or worst. I'm quick to say, yes, but there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives and maybe that influenced it. Yeah, that's life. Right. External circumstances will influence right. it. And I think... And then the question is, how do you handle it? And how you handle it determines whether or not it's a good or, ti- or bad time.
1: It is how you handle it. It also has to do with extenuating circumstances, you know, you've dealt with depression. I've dealt with depression. So the two years that we were each dealing with that separately are our two answers. 2010 for you, 2012 for me. It was the worst year ever. I agree with you that 2010 was pretty terrible as well.
0: That was pretty bad. There was a lot of, I mean, my, my depression was like really full on and your business was in a, it was in a transitional period in the sense that it was getting better, but not so great that you were it it basically became a lot more to handle, oh, completely. I and, was working
1: eighteen hour days, yeah, every single day
0: so Jen was working a lot
1: seven days a week that was rough
0: I mean, I guess I was working a lot too, and doing both the podcast and all that and then and I was I think we really just didn't the, know
1: what your depression was. We weren't equipped to handle it.
0: But we knew it was getting worse. I was crying a lot. Right. I was punching myself. It was pretty rough. Right. And I was certainly not in a position emotionally to help you to like support you with all the business stuff. And right. because of your business, you weren't in a position to help me emotionally. So I think it for me it was the worst time because I felt very alone. And I'm sure you did, too. I did. Um, and that's how you felt in 2012.
1: I will agree with you that 2010 was the worst. Okay. 2012 was less bad because I think we were we had already gone through it once with the other person. Mm-hmm. So once it hit me, I think we knew what to look for.
0: We did jump to I feel bad saying this, but I feel like we we went to antidepressants having having yeah. witnessed the effect they had on me. Yeah. Which is very positive, you know. It's it was one of those things that in the midst of my like untreated depression. You said like, I, I feel like I don't even know you. Mm-hmm. And then once I got on my antidepressant and stuff, I'm still, I still deal with depression and insecurity and all that. But like you said, this is the, this is closer to the man I married. And right. so I think we saw the positive effects. And so I think we went to that for you. Not immediately. No, but pretty quick.
1: No, no, no. It kicked in in March. I did not start taking them until November.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I don't remember that. Right. But I mean, like, did we, you started taking them in March, but it didn't really start. No, I started
1: feeling the effects of depression in March. Oh, okay. I did not actually start taking antidepressants until November. Oh,
0: okay. That's right. Wow. Why did we, that seems like a long time.
1: I just kept putting it off because I didn't want to just jump into it. Right,
0: right. Yeah. I guess compared to how long we took for me, like, it took me like a solid year to be okay with it. Right. Um, so we do need to move on. So there's a tough one, uh, in regards to arguing, what do we fight about now? We could get really specific or we could go really broad and we're probably going to have to go broad because if you go specific, then we don't have time, but broad, this is the argument we keep coming back to over and over again, even since we were dating it's an argument that came about in our pre-marriage counseling and mm. I got really upset. Um, and I have a hard time knowing exactly how to frame it, but it's
1: so easy to sum
0: up. I have major, major trust issues and Jen has
1: major, major control
0: issues. Yes. Which do tend to manifest themselves as anger. Yes. Um, and, and my control and my trust issues tend to manis, ma- manifest themselves as paranoia and i mean i guess it's kind of the same but also like just fear just really not doing anything being very passive for fear that i will do something wrong and that jen will get very upset with me and it and the the thing the, the two things just completely feed on each other um, because if jen needs me to like do something around the house well, Jen is remarkably capable and I'm not. I'm more abstractly helpful in life. Um, but, uh, and I'm deeply aware of that. I, I tend to mess things up, uh, if I'm doing them, like if I'm trying to fix something. I
1: already don't like your example of like around the house, just.
0: Or it could be paying life. bills or it could be getting the car washed at the right place. It could be any number of things. Right. You know, Anything it can be putting up shelves, which I practical. put up right incorrectly. you know, or just in the wrong place. And so it's just like, it's, and by the way, that's not to say, oh, Jen is so naggy, like, oh, you did all this wrong. It's more just, I try to be helpful and then I make things worse and that's tough. And it's why, you know, and, and rather than feel that kind of shame that I, And making life harder for you, I'd rather just not do anything and not make you angry or not disappoint you.
1: But in not doing anything, you make me angry. So you, like, fulfill your own prophecy, or how would you word it? Like, you just, it comes to fruition in a different way. Yeah. Why do you do that to yourself?
0: Well, it's... you uh, either don't
1: do it, and then I get angry, or... You're so afraid of me getting angry about how you do it that you almost pick a fight about it
0: or prejudge me getting angry. And then that makes me angry. I like to see it as trying to manage expectations. Right. Which is, uh, and any, anytime think, you start to talk about managing your spouse. Yeah.
1: Maybe you have control issues.
0: Sure. But they're, but they're not as deep as my trust issues. True. So, um, but you have to control my expectations. Right, yeah, because I don't trust what what they will be otherwise.
1: So you're so busy avoiding anger about this thing over here that you make me angry about this thing over there. Yeah. And then I do not handle it well.
0: And I'll say this. In our pre-marriage counseling, I remember our counselors heard about this, and they said, well, Tyler, you know, it's going to need to start with you. And I said, what? And they said, you're just going to need to... Be vulnerable. You're going to need to trust. You're going to need to do this, and I felt so alone in that moment. I felt so attacked by people because, and I, you, I don't remember. if, I don't know if you remember exactly what I said. Vividly, what did I say?
1: Well, I, pro- I probably swore a lot. Yeah, can't we, we can't, swear, no, on we can't here? swear on here. Okay, something to the effect of, "Well, that's just crap." Yeah. Why should I have to do that? Why does it have to be me out in front of the situation?
0: Yeah. Like, and I remember something to the effect of like, here's an idea. How about Jen stop being so mean and maybe I'll be in a better position to trust. Like, how is this on me? Why? How am I? Yep. Almost. Almost swore. (laughs) Um, uh, How am I the jerk? Basically, how did this? We should back up and explain
1: they suggested that it had to be you because it's like if I get mad you have to try again and then maybe she won't get mad this time
0: yeah it's tough trust stuff is difficult to overcome right um
1: i think it also goes back to something that our marriage counselor has said tim that you feel unsafe and i feel not secure right not not insecure insecure. yeah right no no no. i'm very secure
0: yeah myself however almost too much i think
1: are you joking? Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> there's never too much.
0: Well, I don't know. Like there have been times like when we've arrogant? gone through. Yeah, like when we've gone through marriage books. Yeah. You may recall that we both concluded that it was my <laughs> fault. And I feel like
1: that's there's nothing either, in this book for me. Yeah.
0: Either I'm some kind of monster. I mean,
1: Tyler does everything in this book. I'm so glad he's reading this.
0: Yeah, so and then and then I read it and I'm him. like, man, I do everything in this book. I need this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like. And when you we go through, it's like, well Jen's not perfect that's and not I'm not arrogance. a monster that's a different issue. no, that's a, that's a security that's that's too much security <laughs> yeah. in yourself. yeah, um, we do need to actually move on though. um to something more but positive. I think that's
1: actually the, like one of the most helpful key points of of this discussion is to make your spouse feel both safe, meaning I shouldn't call him names. I shouldn't yell at him. he no. should he should be safe to say anything, bring up anything. Yeah. and your spouse should feel secure, meaning I should feel taken care of.
0: And that can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Taken care of, that's not some girly girl thing. It's basically, Jen should be able to come to me and not even necessarily count on I'll do it completely right, because I probably won't, but that I will make every effort I can to do it definitely myself and the best that I can. Because sometimes in my, in my attempt to manage her expectations and i will come back to her over and over again saying like well what about this what about this how would you do this and and jen has said like well if if you're going to keep coming back to me i might as well be doing it myself and if and my thought is like would you that'd be great that's really the only way to guarantee it'll be done the way you like um but that's not what she's asking Like, she already knows she can take care of herself. The question is, can I take care of her? And am I, do I, am I willing to take care of her? Which means taking risks sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It
1: always comes back to tasks for us. I think because you take care of me so well emotionally, that's just a given. Yeah. It's that other, other husbands are very absent for.
0: Yeah. I guess so. I tend to, uh, as listeners know, I tend to, uh, glamorize the stuff I'm not good at and downplay the stuff I am good at.
1: Which is why I'm bringing it up. Okay. Moving on.
0: Next up, what do we most like to do together? Oh, boy. (laughs) This is all super cheesy. (laughs) Um, My first thought is always survivor.
1: Well, I think it's important that you enjoy doing something with your spouse. Yes.
0: And maybe even something that you don't enjoy doing with anybody else. Mm -mm. If that's, I don't know, that's something I've thought about. Completely. Like, there are people I enjoy talking about Survivor with. Yeah. But I like watching Survivor with you. Yeah, like,
1: we don't invite other people over to watch Survivor. Right. We did it once. Never again.
0: We did it with Amazing Race once.
1: Oh, okay. Same thing in my mind.
0: Um, Both of those shows. Yeah.
1: We like to play mini golf. Yeah. Go to movies.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. We like to play backgammon.
1: We do like to play backgammon. My grandpa taught me how. I taught Tyler. It is our thing now. I forgot about that.
0: We enjoy we enjoy eating out together. We actually That's enjoy true. shopping together. Shopping. We love traveling together.
1: We love going to the mall.
0: Yeah. Such, we're weird. Yeah. Like we're super boring. Or great. Oh, it's great. Don't but you have
1: to have those boring things. If yeah. we just said travel, who can afford to do that all the time?
0: That's true. And you know what? Here's the thing. I remember this story about this guy that I worked with at video update in Missouri, and this guy was a total tool. But what I'll say is there are things that I laughed at him about that I completely understand now Mm. and that I have myself. He was, I remember one time he was on the phone with his wife and he was going to be getting home at like, I think eight or nine. And, there was a show that he and his wife watched together and he was going to miss it that night. And so she was going to tape it and they were going to watch it when he got home.
1: What's taping it?
0: Yeah, I know. Um, but sorry, the show was Walker, Texas Ranger. And so on the phone, he was like, he's like, he's like, you taping Walker. And, uh, and I thought that was so ridiculous, but like there are, there are plenty of people in the movie and and, in the movie, lovers community that that view survivor Survivor exactly the same way completely now while i think i am able to defend survivor on a deeper level than this guy could defend walker texas ranger can you even then even if he it's entirely possible that he and his wife know the show is bad but it's a thing they do together right
1: it doesn't matter what show insert show here yeah it doesn't matter what it is or whatever
0: you know and so uh yeah, and I feel like that's I'm I'm rarely happier than when Jen and I have ordered a pizza.
1: Oh, Papa John's,
0: or what have you. We are outside of the delivery zone for. A
1: we wouldn't be ordering it anyway because it's disgusting.
0: Round table is the best pizza anyway. Uh, but yes, Papa John is really good, or just going and getting like a little Caesar's from our pla- from our place near us, and just <laughs> watching Survivor. What? Oh, oh, oh sorry. Uh, we're not cleared cutting. my throat yeah we're not going. i <laughs> wasn't that.
1: supposed to do that
0: it's fine it's perfectly fine <laughs> if david and josh can both yawn on mic and i'm not supposed <laughs> to feel weird about it while i'm talking then you can clear your throat and it's fine okay um next up uh Pre-marriage counseling. So I should say that Jen and I are both part of the pre-marriage ministry at our church. Mm-hmm. So couples get assigned to us, and we meet with them probably about four, maybe five times, usually mm-hmm. four, and um, try to meet them, meet up with them uh, once afterwards, uh, and uh, just kind of talk about their expectations and that sort of thing. We've done it for how many couples? Probably like seven. Yeah. And um, sounds so all like, right. So as as very experienced premarriage counselors and as people that have been married for 10 years, uh, what are the key pieces of advice that Got I think pre-marital are premarital
1: counseling done for us yes. from the people that, um... and I don't
0: remember the advice they gave specifically. What do you mean? Well, like for example, there, there are things that I will always come back to when giving advice to somebody. bullet points. Like, well, I mean stuff that's specific to me. Oh, like there's the general stuff, like should learn, you be giving like,
1: advice is something specific to them.
0: Well, that's what I mean. It's like something that I have learned that I think everyone should okay. do. Um, but it's just like learn to argue. Yeah, got it. Everyone says that. And it's important. But like for me, I will
1: never say that to someone.
0: Learn to argue. Even,
1: yeah. What does that even mean?
0: It means learning how the other per- first off, it means learning how the other person argues and being able to understand that's that. different. Um, okay. But what are yours? Well, I have, uh, a couple. One is that, and this is, this is one that Jen and I have both said, which is, uh, I'm sure you love your mom and dad. Hmm. I'm sure you love your siblings and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, and for your entire life, they are your immediate family. When you get married, your spouse is now your immediate family and you're, Parents and your siblings, as I see it, are now your extended family. You can still love them as much as possible, and that's perfectly fine. You can still have a good relationship with them. But when it comes right, it's amazing how many people, including me, including Jen, including friends of ours, will compl- very openly complain about their spouse to their parents, and it just makes it just. I don't know. It, it sort of. I feel like it just forces somebody to take sides or or it's it seems as though there are sides and and it and if you're the spouse who's been bashed bashed to the parents um you can feel very alone because it's like oh she went scampering back to her real family and here I am I thought I was the real family but as it turns out they're having a good laugh over me right you know and that's a really tough place to be
1: especially when you live in a different city when you haven't when you aren't a part, when your parents aren't a part of your daily lives together, no. there's nothing for them to form an opinion on except what you are telling right. them about your spouse. That only makes it worse. You shouldn't do it, even if you live in the same city and no. go to their house every weekend. It's not good because every parent is like protective mama bear, wants to take care of their kid, and mm-hmm. someone else is always wronging their kid.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, the spouse is now this interloper who is hurting my right son or daughter's feelings.
1: And that's not a switch that flips easily. Right, it should, it's a transitional it's not going to flip on your wedding day, for sure. Yeah. Transitional, I would say first year. Mm-hmm. I definitely learned that a lot. Um, and then wasn't solidified until... You going to tell the story or no?
0: Uh, no, I don't remember what story you're talking about. Oh,
1: yeah. Recently, we had an altercation with one family member oh, yeah, or another. Right. Yeah, yeah. We don't even say which side, um, and we found ourselves defending each other and and
0: and ultimately up
1: for each other rather than going to going to other family.
0: Yeah, it was a very emotional day, and ultimately, um, one of us—we're saying very vague. <laughs> one of us had the choice of well, I can stay with. Mm -hmm. my family who is in from out of town or I can tend to my spouse Mm -hmm. because they are the hurt party right now. Mm -hmm. And Jen and I wound up hanging out together and watching several episodes of house of cards in a row.
1: Great mood.
0: And, and I think we probably had pizza or something that we didn't cook. And, um, and it turned out to be, it went from a really bad day to a great night yeah that, that night was a big win yeah and uh and it really felt i don't know it felt very
1: connected to you
0: yeah um so uh
1: that's your major piece of advice
0: oh and the other one is just like and this this might be a little strange to say on the podcast but like uh, whatever expectations you have about sex and your own relate and your own relationship to sex and what you think you should be doing in regards to sex, uh, throw that out the window and then just start talking to your spouse about it. Um, the
1: second part is key. Yeah, you can't just throw it out the window. Well, as much the more as, you talk it out
0: with them, yeah, as much as you can, like it's gonna it's, go away. You know, there are there's such an uh, such a cliche culturally and certainly within the church they're like okay in regards to sex like men always want to have it and men and women never want to have it and you know it's just one of those kind of things and they're going to fight about it all the time and men are going to be begging for sex and women are going to it's just to the point where it becomes a joke and i think people internalize that joke i mean i've known a guy who really doesn't have much of a sex drive and then he was at a at some Christian men's conference and the pastor up there made a joke. Ju- and don't get me wrong. I think probably by and large men want sex more than women. But that doesn't mean women don't like sex and it doesn't mean that it's all men think about. But anyway, so this guy was at this men's rally and the pastor said like, w- made the generalization that men, o- men love sex. And he's like, you know, if I meet a guy who doesn't think of sex all the time, I look at him funny. And it's like, Oh, great. Because now this person thinks, okay, well, I guess now I'm my pastor's going to
1: look at me funny. Exactly. I'm never going to go to him with that issue. And then... If it becomes an issue in his marriage.
0: Yeah. Right. And then the other side of it is, we, I've known some women who are very vocal about how much they really enjoy sex, and they've said that, like, they feel like there's something wrong with them, that they are somehow more... That they're somehow inherently masculine for... Or, I'm sorry to use the term like a slut or something like mm-hmm. that because they want this. Like it's perfectly fine. Like cause that's the cliche. Yeah. And I'm somebody who, I mean, I've been taking in so much, so many movies and TV shows and stand up comedy bits over the years that anything regarding marriage, including sex, I bring so much cultural expectation to it that has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with you. And, and of course porn uh, brings right. into that as well. Um, that like I I had a lot of stuff a lot a lot of like junk that needed to be cleared out of my head to in order to have like any kind of good functional sex life
1: and again not a switch to flip on the wedding night for not, sure not at all but it's gonna it's gonna have to get talked out throughout yeah. the course of your marriage
0: yeah so those are my two big uh, yeah talking points that I try to specifically discuss when we meet with people so
1: my biggest is I, I feel like I should be. I am a walking, talking billboard for this is just don't be friends with people of the opposite sex.
0: Now I know a lot of people are probably going to get angry at the idea of that. Absolutely. Um,
1: and there are clarifying points. Sure. Of course. Um, I wish I had printed out the article you sent me on it. Like 10, ways you're cheating on your spouse and you don't even realize it. No. Did a coworker text you and you're all a flutter and thinking of 10 different witty replies. Well, then you're kind of emotionally cheating on your spouse. Do you pray with other people alone, members of the opposite sex? Do you pray um, or do you hang out with them alone? No, absolutely not. It's just going to, it can lead to disaster. And you might not think of that it's going to, and that means that it's going to.
0: And I'm sure people are thinking like, well, prayer, that's a good thing. It's like, yes, but it is also a very intimate thing. And if you create that intimacy with somebody of the opposite sex, you you would be shocked how many people find themselves surprisingly now attracted to this person. And it's just – and obviously, like, I have female friends. Absolutely. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with you being – You are close
1: friends with all of my best friends. Yeah. But we all just hang out together.
0: Yeah. There's I'm been close like, friends
1: with your best friends.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, uh, uh, Josh's wife, Megan, was on the podcast on episode, like, 30. So it was years ago, and it was just her and me back when I hosted Alone. And even though everything about it was official, it was just like, wow, I guess I'm not in this... Like, it felt strange just because, like, I guess I'm not in this position very often. right? Um, And just... And the weird thing is, like, this is, by the way, hypothetical, but, like... I like I know that Megan and I have a lot in common. Like right. we we have very similar personalities. So if we found ourselves alone on a regular basis, just talking about stuff, you know there there are ways that I'm more similar to her than Josh is.
1: And there are many ways that I'm similar to Josh. So you could find yeah. camaraderie between the two of you exactly. in how your spouse just doesn't get you, right? And the flip side can be said for a friend of the show, Jason Eakin. Got together with him alone once um, for very specific reasons that Mm -hmm. were totally okay with you. Yes. Um, However, it was at Denny's. Felt weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I should specify. (laughs) Denny's is... uh, That's my place. Yeah. And I meet there once a week with Jason. And then maybe a couple other times throughout the week with other people. So... Right. I go to Denny's a lot. I should probably get some kind of discount. But anyway.
1: I mean, at least yours was official. You know, there is a giant soundboard in between yeah. us right now so with meg that is one thing but you know jason and i shared a meal that's yeah. that's more difficult you're literally out on a date with a friend yeah and it's never gonna end well and I, I will say that the two or three brides that i know that have gotten divorced all introduced me to their best friend on their wedding day who was another man other than the person they were mm-hmm. marrying you know christian or not i don't think it's a good idea
0: Yeah. And especially, and it might, I'm sure some people would think like, oh, but like if I've argued with my husband or if I've argued with my wife, like, uh, well, I can't talk to them about it. It's like, I need, but I need a female perspective or I need a male perspective. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, now you're turning to this person at a time when you're feeling particularly hostile to your spouse.
1: Also, why can't you talk to your spouse about it? You should. It's a good point.
0: Um, we do need to, uh, move on and I I feel like maybe we can skip number 12. What do you think? Just because it'll take a while. Absolutely. Okay. Um Just to finish th- that off, though, yeah, yeah.
1: I understand that it's biblical that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Sure. I get that. And I think that um, the church is sometimes misleading on how that should be played out, that we should be in relationship with one another, not simply our spouse. You know, you shouldn't be friends with me and then go hang out with the guys only. You should be in relationships with women and I should be in relationships with men. Yeah. But to just do that in um, a courteous way to your
0: spouse. Uh, so the last question here, and then we'll actually move on to questions from the audience. And we have a few,
1: I don't even know how to answer this one. Can we just get to the good stuff, the, pe- the stuff the other people asked us? Do you want to answer this one? Sure.
0: Uh, okay. You
1: just look sad. I put, that I put
0: this question out there. <laughs> Nobody posed it except me. Um, so obviously I haven't, I have an answer in mind. Um, What is it like being married for 10 years? What does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the way, basically, it could just be what's it like to be married for a long time and like to be, to wake up next to the same person every day or not necessarily in our case because we go to bed at different times. But I think um, things
1: like anniversary dances are fairly common at weddings. So that question gets posed to... 275 75 75-year-olds who have been married sure. 55 years, you know, so it feels like a 14-year-old saying, "We're like, I'm really old now, or literally a 10-year-old saying, I know my way around life at this point.
0: I don't mean to say that, like, we're some, you know, grand old wise people, but one thing that I wanted to specifically talk about is something you and I have said before, which is, it's very strange that you're a separate person. Mm, okay we've been married long enough because I don't think I, I certainly didn't feel this the first year maybe even the second but like after a while I started feeling and I certainly feel it now that there are times when you and I will be talking and I just have this moment it's like she's a whole different person than me she's got her own thoughts got her own feelings complete she existed before I knew her she didn't totally just, weird and it's, it's, you know, and I, I mean, I would think that before, like with my, with my family, because I, they're who I knew, they were very much, I saw, I saw them almost oh, in, as man, an... Ex- I have
1: never thought that with my family. Really? I just feel like when we have conversations, I'm having it with myself. That sounds like a crazy person. You should edit that out.
0: No, it's, I, I feel the same way. I it think just, that's when
1: I realize is when you say something that really throws me. No. Not that you're predictable or I just know what you're already going to say, but something contrary to, you know, the line of thought that I am having. Yeah. Um, that's when I noticed that we are, we are actually different people.
0: And I think I'll actually use this to transition into the first question from a listener. Okay. So, we're going to go, there's a question from Joe. Uh, By the way, a lot of these questions are abridged. They came with paragraphs of explanation, and so we're just going to go with just the questions. I apologize. You're going to read it out? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Why is marriage so hard? Specifically, what changes after the marriage ceremony that makes a relationship so much more difficult than any other relationship? Mm. Why is a marriage harder than your relationship with your parents or a, a sibling or a friend? And I think it has to do with what we were just talking about. But you when
1: forget you, that they're somebody else. Yeah, and then, and therefore then it they comes, should behave, yeah. X, Y, and Z this way.
0: Yeah, you feel like you're being literally betrayed mm. by yourself. Like you're you're turning against yourself when this person hurts you. You know, and I've I don't think I've ever. I mean, I've felt hurt by friends before, but like there have been times when and we so haven't. You can
1: get rid of friends. You can both amic- amicably move on. Sure, friendships come and go throughout your life. Yeah, not really allowed to do that with your spouse.
0: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Plenty of people do. But, right. But yes, you're not, uh, if
1: you've entered into marriage with the foundation that we have, which is that divorce is not an, not an issue. It is not a possibility.
0: Here, here's where I'm laughing already. Ugh. Here's where my trust issues come in. I'm like, Oh, we're committing this to tape now or not tape, but you know, this is now official. It's oh, on you know the right, internet. Think- we're absolutely going to get divorced in a year now. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm pessimistic. I'm sorry.
1: Adultery would be the only biblical reason for considering divorce. And even then, I do know Christian Or couples. abandonment. Or abandonment. Yeah. That's in there too?
0: Yeah. Like if I just left you and never talked to you again, I think it's fair well, to... How
1: are you going to get a divorce? That's my practical question. How are you going to hunt that person down and well, sign those papers?
0: Uh, I don't think in that case then you need them to sign to the papers. served? Well, you you might not be able to track them down. I don't right. think you need their signature if they're gone. And never coming back.
1: What's the line though? How long did I be gone? Whatever. No, not this is a, lawyer. a tangent. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But we are. We have entered into marriage, you know, with those biblical yeah. foundations. So it is not an option for us. And what I was going to say is, even with adultery, we we know couples who have stayed together. Yeah,
0: and which will bring us to this other question. Uh let me make sure. Yeah, okay. So there are a few from one of my mm. co-hosts, Reed Lackey, uh but I'll jump into this one first. Uh is there a right or wrong way to handle infidelity or does it depend on the marriage? Um I think it probably depends on the marriage. It's so interesting. Oh, completely. When we were dating and we talked about the idea of cheating on the other person, it's like, well, the marriage is over, obviously. The marriage is over. Then we were married, and it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like it became acceptable. But like, if Jen cheated on me, obviously I would feel horrible and I would feel betrayed and all those things. And I, and my instinct would be like, I just need to get away from this person. But I've come to realize that things are very seldom a hundred percent one person's fault and zero percent another. And while I don't necessarily think that one person ever drives the other person into the arms of another man or whatever, um, while I don't think that's the case, like. A question I would need to ask myself is like, okay, what kind – it's like I know Jen, and I know this is not something she would want to do, certainly not nothing she was looking for. So what environment did I help create at home so that this seemed like a feasible option? Not that it's my fault. You still made the mistake. But do I bear some responsibility here? Did, you not, did I not make you feel secure? And so you went to go find somebody that made you feel secure. And so – i think I feel like as the deeper we got into marriage, the more forgiving you become. Obviously, it's a terrible thing, and if somebody gets divorced as a result of it, I don't hold it against them. maybe they can't make it work. but I don't know, I feel like
1: this is why it depends on the marriage yeah. because my um going into it thinking that okay, the say um I cheat on you and then I confess, or you find out, and I, theoretically, I would be the one to f- feel huge remorse, to feel terrible about having cheated on you, asking for forgiveness, mm-hmm. and yet we know of two marriages where the per- the cheater came to the spouse that they cheated on and confessed because they just wanted out. They were over that person. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, the, the, the cheaty was exactly what you described, forgiving, wanting to give another chance, it took more than a year for these situations to finally turn into divorce because they were trying to hold it together. And the cheater really should have just said, like, I don't love you anymore. I want out. But they were manipulative manipulative, and clung to the cheaty. Just it's very like... Domineering in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I just I never imagined that adultery would look like that either. That the cheater yeah. wouldn't be sorry and just wanted out.
0: Yeah, there's um, there's there's a very clear cultural narrative that we piece together that is right. going to be different every time. Right. Um. And so, uh, okay, so we'll move on to some of these other ones. I'm not sure exactly what order to go in. Um. We'll just go with some others from uh, Reed. He he sent in uh, a few. Uh, how necessary is premarital counseling? I would say it's vital. Mandatory. Yeah. Um, it just helps Even to have somebody ask you questions that you don't think to a- ask yourself.
1: Or say you know the, all the answers already. Well, then it's just confirmed that you guys are on a good track. Yeah. But I highly doubt that you would go through four or five sessions having already discussed every single question that right. your counselors are bringing up to you.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say absolutely do it. Even um, for
1: people that are... Legal, trained, certified premarital counselors—they go through premarital counseling. Indeed.
0: Um, there's a question here about arguments. Uh, I feel like we can probably move on since we discussed. Yeah, ours. Um, this is a this is an interesting one and one that might take longer than we have. And since we've already gone a solid twenty minutes over my, the max, and we have somewhere to be soon,
1: this is fun.
0: Is it fun? You yeah. enjoy it? We should start a, we should start a survivor podcast.
1: I can do that. I
0: know. So can I <laughs> move over Sester <laughs> um, It's so
1: funny that I mentioned her already.
0: We look like freaks.
1: Why? We're huge survivor fans, obviously.
0: Yeah. What's wrong with that? Okay. Moving on. Uh, what is the most valuable thing a husband can do for his wife? What is the most valuable thing a wife can do for her husband? Now I'll say this: I definitely think that there is, and I'm not. I don't want to get into the gender roles thing. That's not the issue. I definitely think that there is like a clear thing like in which Jen should do this for me. Not sh- not should like like I'm demanding it. But it's like this is a this loved? is a thing that would make me feel loved, and vice versa. But I think it would be different for everybody, right? You know, I mean, people say I've heard people, you know, come up with these broad things that it's like it's like women want love, men want respect. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I'm a man, I want love too, and I'm sure women sure want I respect. Want some respect. Aretha Franklin. Although I think that was an Otis Redding song initially, but, um, but it became popular when she said it. Yeah, sang it. Um, so yeah, I think.
1: I think in that just knowing your love languages. There's a great book called The Five Love Languages by that's true. Gary Chapman. Chapman. Um and understanding how the other person feels loved is I think the answer to both of those questions.
0: Boy, that's a I'm glad you brought that up, yes. It is a I know like when you say stuff like what's your love language? Like it sounds so doctor Philly, but it's very, very effective. The five love languages are uh Words of affirmation, physical touch. And that gift. doesn't mean just sex. Right. It can mean like hugs or a touch on the shoulder or whatever. Um, holding hands. Um, gifts, like buying gifts for somebody. But also like giving them gifts that that will make them feel loved. That like are specific to them. Uh, quality time and uh, acts of service. You know, so like doing stuff for them, you know, around the house or whatever.
1: And funnily enough, you listed them in the exact order opposite order that i would because words of affirmation is most definitely yours
0: and yes, acts followed, of service followed by physical touch
1: correct acts of service followed by quality time or mine, and you listed those on the bottom so i think that goes to show that it's important to know what your spouses are so you can work on doing that
0: and i will say like uh yes i did list them in that order and the, and it seemed wrong to say gifts when i did because that is the last one for me mm. um but uh i don't think it is sir it, compared to the other ones it absolutely is uh, yes that's the thing i don't think anybody has zero of any of these you True. know like jen got me this super awesome riddler and batman statue thing for <laughs> it's hard to know how i you know what it. is that um for our anniversary and it's great
1: i got him a Riddler, folks a riddler for anniversary i got a diamond ring he got
0: a riddler and a bunch of blu-rays exactly I don't like things that are super expensive.
1: But he likes gifts.
0: Yeah, I you mean, you cannot get through December without
1: opening a gift before Christmas. I just like sorry or February before your birthday.
0: I don't like gifts. I'm merely materialistic. No, it's a you different love thing. Gifts, you get giddy. I, if it was between getting a gift and spending time with you watching Survivor, I would do that. Okay, very much so. Okay, um, I do like giving gifts, but. Um, Yeah, so like, and you most likely
1: do what you do the love language that you like to receive the most. So the fact that you like giving speaks to that. What? That gifts is higher on your list than I think you give it credit for. That wasn't worded well, but you know what I mean.
0: I don't think I do, but we need to move on. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, if you are engaged or are dating or whatever, I would suggest buying the five love languages by Gary Chapman. It is very, very helpful.
1: I don't care who you are. You need to read this book. This has helped me in so many friendships.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, it is, uh, in my men's group on our, uh, Absolutely. on our retreat, we actually talked about this. So yeah, it's a very helpful book. Um, moving on, uh, We will go with, uh, so Daryl asks, Hmm. is jealousy ever a normal feeling within a marriage? Now, the word jealousy has a number of contexts within a relationship, but in this case, he says, if you find yourself becoming jealous over something your partner has achieved, is that bad since you should always support each other or, uh, is this perfectly normal? Also, what's the best way to deal with these feelings when they occur? Um, We have both experienced this. Have we?
1: Absolutely.
0: When have you been jealous of me?
1: 2014 was a terrible year for me business-wise, and all these amazing opportunities from podcasting, specifically with MTOL, kept coming up all year long. And I was very jealous of you and very frustrated that I was now in this... I honestly just never thought that the tables would be turned that way because there have been times in the past when business was going very well for me and you're frustrated that there isn't a clearer path for you, and yeah. criticism.
0: Yeah, I, it is. I mean, I feel it constantly. Um, actually, not so much anymore. Uh, there was a time when I felt it constantly. Um, mm. It never really led to bitterness. I'll say that, which is good because I recognize, like, oh, well, the more money Jen makes, the more I can, the more time I can spend doing my stuff, <laughs> uh, which is not a good way to think. But also, just and it. it but yeah, I mean, I've been doing podcasting for years and only in the last couple of years has it started to amount to anything. Um, I sent an email to a guy, actually a stand up comedian earlier today, um, who I believe is a Christian. So I was talking about getting, getting coffee and talking about the idea of being on more than one lesson, but I identified myself as being a podcaster with these two podcasts and he responds with like, we're like, Oh yeah, we all, it's like, it's like, Oh yeah, we all know and love more, uh, battleship retention. I was like, what? We'll say it then. Someone, someone say this because anytime I send an email out to like a, a website asking like if they're looking for writers, they always come back with, no, we're not looking for writers, but that, but we do love battleship retention. Like, how do all these people know about us? And it's not translating into like job Social offers media. or money or anything like that. And sure. so it's, uh, I, I looked up on Twitter the other day, somebody, said uh somebody said wow i it's like i didn't know the battleship retention was still running this is great and i was like why would you think we stopped cuz most podcasts fizzle yeah but all you got to do is if you're listening to us just come back next week we're always doing we're always back next week it's very strange but anyway um so even though there's like great things happening i look at your business and how it's just blowing up it's like doing gangbusters you know
1: this year Last year was really rough.
0: Last year was rough, but if you look at the trajectory of the last several years, I mean it is very much on the upswing. Sometimes it plateaus a little bit and then it'll, but it'll go back up. If you look at the Completely. overall scope, it, I mean
1: it only plateaued, but it but I was in a position where plateauing was not an option. Yeah. We now had a house. I now had right. an employee. Yeah. I have other people to be responsible for. Yeah. As far as how much we earn. And so I think
0: You know, I mean, this, this may sound a little too easy, but I think what keeps me from being resentful of Jen and her success is I I think recognizing that we are actually on the same team and that what is good for her is good for me and vice versa. That's Um, a great
1: way. Like that speaks to, you know, the best way to deal with it. I think the other is just to name it, call it out, tell your spouse, like, man, I'm just feeling this way. I know it's not right, but let's just talk it out.
0: Yeah. And at the very least, you know, I mean, the other person can, you shouldn't necessarily demand this, nor should you necessarily expect it, but the mm-hmm. other per, by, by telling the other person, it does give them the opportunity to come back and say all the, like, what you have accomplished, like reminding you, cause when you're looking at what other people have done, yeah. you're forgetting everything that you have done.
1: Well, not only that, but they can, they can love you by perhaps, um, Speaking about their own accomplishments differently. Again, not that you should demand it or expect it. They, you know, like, you can't, don't talk to me about your business right. anymore. But one way I could love you is by talking about that. You know, if you go on a reward and Survivor, don't come back and talk about all the chocolate. That's right. They don't want to hear about it. They sure don't. No.
0: <laughs> this is a really good launching pad for this uh <laughs> For the Survivor Podcast. Um, okay, so we will move on to our last question. It's a pretty easy one. This is from Gene of uh, Let There Be Movies. Uh, by the way, I have an article over there about Chariots of Fire. Uh, so you can find that at lettherebemovies.com. Mo- Let anyway, um, so uh, Gene writes, uh, is your love of movies, well, first off, is your love of movies something that has been constant throughout your marriage and you share it with your wife? Uh, and two, do you ever struggle with balancing your time spent podcasting, reviewing, and watching movies? Um, Yeah, movies have been pretty constant. That was our second date, right?
1: Second date, Um, my first remembered interaction with you all before dating. That wasn't worded well. Are you laughing at me because of that? No,
0: no I'm laughing at what we were about to say. Uh, you,
1: you know, discussion of Remember the Titans
0: was... Discussion is an interesting way of phrasing <laughs> it. We were we were kind of... Look, it was adorable when you realized how it ended up. But um, we were having something of an argument about Remember the Titans. Uh, Jen was... This
1: very arrogant SOB just, you know, could not let me enjoy Remember the Titans. Look, I get that it's awful. But it's also just fun. It's just fun. And I'm getting the look I got 13 years ago... When we had this discussion and it right, it's adorable because look, we ended up together, but it was a heated conversation about a movie. First interaction together. Yeah. Um, the tables at our wedding were named after movies. Mm-hmm. People had movie tickets. Yeah. There were reels on each table. Um so yes, movies have been there all along.
0: And I believe our first summer, of, so we had our first date, and oh, then yeah. then we were apart for a summer, and then we had our second date.
1: So I asked for his top 100 list over that summer and worked at Blockbuster that summer. Yeah. So obviously movies were always important to me. Oh, you had an Oscar party as well before yeah. we started dating, and I was very, that was very attractive to me because I did that when I was oh. younger with people, and yeah, really enjoyed it. So especially the betting, I love seeing who wins. Yeah. Um, it's way out of my league at this point, but always fun to watch. But um, for Summer Apart, yeah. I went through the, his lists.
0: And at the time, I should specify that my top 100 was very depressing. Oh, so dark. Um, yeah, it was just, that's the stuff that I was into at the time. I I think my, my list is still pretty dark, but there's some nice moments of humor and action in there. And I,
1: I was not the... The kind of girl who only watched current movies. I had introduction to old movies before you, but you definitely introduced me to Maltese Falcon, Alfred Hitchcock in general. Mm -hmm. I remember the watching the birds with my brother. Thankfully, I skipped American History X.
0: But didn't you watch Clockwork Orange because of me?
1: Clockwork Orange was that summer. (laughs) That's so so good to see.
0: Yeah. It's good to have seen it. Yeah, I think so. Just to get it under your belt and then move on.
1: Yeah. So, What's the other one with the crazy guy and they keep his eyes open?
0: That's, that's Clockwork Orange.
1: Oh. Yeah. I thought that was with Nicholson.
0: No, that's The Shining. Are you thinking of The Shining?
1: Mm. Oh no, I'm thinking of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh yeah. Also okay. watched it. Yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. that was
0: on there as well. Yeah. Um, so interesting, like, so, so few of those movies are still on my top hundred. Oh, I know. Cuckoo's it's Nest is out different. there. Clockwork Orange is out there. Usual Mom, suspects. That's gone
1: really yeah that's, i uh, didn't watch jaws was that on there at the time yeah that it was must have been at the time. i must have skipped it
0: hmm. maltese falcon still hanging in there in the top 10 um but yeah so it's always and as far as uh, the idea of <laughs> of balancing uh i will say that like um and i don't say this in a way that make i'm not trying to like make myself sound great or anything like jen takes priority over basically everything maybe maybe more than she should honestly when it comes to my spiritual life
1: it also helps that i'm a workaholic i mean i don't really demand a ton of your time
0: that is true yes i probably i probably demand more of your time than you demand of mine yes um but at the same time like it's just i I have really tried to keep my priorities god jen family and friends and then work which includes movies uh usually if anything i will put jen above god because i have convinced myself that if anything ever happened to her my life would be over that's not actually true
1: i am more terrified of dying cuz i think that you will no longer be a christian than at the thought of dying
0: no i'd still be a christian cuz i got to have somebody to yell at uh, oh you would just be really mad at god yes well that's fine yeah for a while well my trust issues extend to god as well of and course. they probably wouldn't get much better after that but but yeah and so um so yeah i myself like i mean obviously you know, if, if a podcast is on the books or something like that, then that's what I'll do. But if Jen ever got sick or if she like really needed something that day, then I could probably reschedule. And
1: I think there's a mutual understanding there. Tyler doesn't ask me to go on dates on Saturdays and I don't ask to hang out with him on Thursday nights, you know,
0: uh, Thursday night is when we record battleship Retention and Jen shoots weddings on Saturdays. People might not immediately exactly. know that, but, um, yeah, so, uh, I feel, I mean, I, 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 almost feel like I need to sum up, but I feel like no, we've that's been talking. An odd note to end on. We've been talking long enough, um, that, uh, I feel like we could probably just end it. But what I will say is that, uh, oh, I'm going to get choked up now. Um, listeners are, have been very supportive of Battleship Pretension and More Than One Lesson. And, uh, I should say for a number of reasons, neither podcast and they, by the way they are also the best thing that i've ever done professionally that includes winning that best actor award in the year 2000 uh it includes you know very, you know making short films and stuff like that like the podcasts have been by far Being the most flown
1: out to speak at film festivals
0: but that's part of it
1: ah true yeah,
0: yeah. um yeah that wouldn't happen if not for the podcast so this has been by far the most rewarding professional thing I've ever done. And it literally wouldn't be happening if not for the patience and often the money, uh, not of yours, but that like you were willing to, for a long time, again, we, we recorded in a one bedroom apartment and that, and we recorded in the living room. And that means that Thursday nights for a long time, Jen would seclude herself in the bedroom while we recorded. Uh, so as not to distract me cause I'm easily distracted. And, you know, this stuff costs money and we paid for it. And Jen was okay with that, even when we didn't bring in a lot of money. And so, uh, so listeners, if you like this podcast, if you like battleship pretension, um, then you owe, you don't, you don't owe, but like, it's important that you know, that like Jen was a, an integral part of that. Um, silent partner, silent partner. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, um, I think that's where we will leave it. This mini sode has become longer than some episodes, as one would expect. Um But that's all right. Did you have fun?
1: This was great. Okay. Thanks for having me on. It Absolutely. was a good idea.
0: And uh I was ready
1: to throw up before it began, but now I'm I'm ready to go for another, you know, two hours.
0: Well, we've got somewhere to go. We do. So um yeah, uh so. Let's thank just you, everybody. transfer that to
1: a Survivor podcast. I've already oh, got the name. What is it? I'm not going to announce it on here. We have to agree.
0: Okay, fair enough. Okay, Uh, You have no idea how much I want to do that. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Next week, I believe, uh, Reed will be back on the show, and I believe we'll be talking about Saving Mr. Banks. So go and watch that if you haven't. Uh, The companion film will be The Royal Tenenbaums. And, uh, Jen, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And we'll get you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.